Welcome to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett McGarry. Both of us are kind of reeling this week as we said goodbye to a whole bunch of shows we love and will likely go down in history as some of the best shows ever. Plus, I'm Jeff Braun. I'll review Arnold Schwarzenegger's new Netflix show and herald the return of one of the silliest shows I've ever seen. And we'll talk spies. Jack Ryan is set to return sooner than we thought. And what did we think of Citadel? Short clip to set up the first finale we are going to discuss, but it pretty much sums up what was about to happen to wrap up the series. It's gonna get nasty. Okay, buckle up. Succession, four seasons on HBO about the Roy family as they show us a rather nasty side of corporate America. This family basically spent four seasons trying to slit each other's throats, and its finale was <laughs> insanity. Jeff, what did you think? I thought it was a great ending, uh, very appropriate for the series, and that, you know, none of the Roys were kind of happy at the end. Um, I wouldn't say it was boring, but it did feel a lot, I thought, like a regular episode until the final 10 minutes, and then it kind of goes just haywire. And that's fine. Not everyone, you know, not every show needs to lean into some kind of a huge swing for their finale just to try to stand out. And I mean, with a four-season show, it's not like it was you know that near and dear to us sort of a thing watching 40 episodes is quite a bit different from you know network shows of old that did around 200 episodes those shows going off the air really left a hole in your life so i, I don't mind that this kind of felt like sort of the status quo all the way till the very very ending um and near the end of that episode, the three siblings arguing in the office was all time. I think people were probably expecting more of that sort of thing earlier on in the episode, except they sort of did, like I said, a regular episode until it got to the end there. And, you know, it shook out leaving everyone miserable, as we sort of predicted. Uh, the specifics, of course, we didn't predict. Uh, Jeremy Strong as Kendall, I think, is one of the great performances of recent years. I mean, they're all great, but I think he's just on another level. Um, desperate Kendall and cocky Kendall, highly entertaining, and then sad Kendall. Uh, it's kind of like sad Charlie Brown. He brings so much of it on himself. He, uh, he's an awful person, not Charlie Brown, but Kendall. Um, but you still kind of feel for him at times, which is amazing because these are people you should not have any empathy for, but they did it. And uh, Sarah Snook and Kieran Culkin also great at that, but I found any sympathy I could muster for them much shorter lived than it was for Kendall. And then uh, Tom is sort of the big winner, although I can't imagine that guy's going to smile a lot the rest of his life if it carries out the way it looked like it was going to carry out. And uh, the Tom and Greg relationship was kind of the only thing really still standing at the end of the series as it was before the end of the series. Um, they had a, there was a fight between them in the bathroom, which was uh, probably my favorite part of the whole episode, I think, or whatever. Just because uh, Tom would often, you know, take a little swing at Greg, but Greg slaps him back so fast. Yeah, would, good for him. Uh, yeah, I was like, that was a long time coming, that slap. That was awesome. Um, and also Carolina turning on Hugo. I thought that was funny, too. And then uh, Connor's requisite minimal scream time was nice. He wasn't really a part of the ending, but he's not really a part of their lives, so it fit. Uh, what a weird character that guy was. Um, because going into it outside of, you know, uh, Brian Cox playing Logan Roy, Alan Ruck as Connor was like the biggest name in the cast or whatever. Yeah. And he was just like the most minimal of all characters. That guy affected nothing. Yeah. And he was delusional. And it, oh, yeah. it was a symbol. And first of all, I watched a video with uh, Kieran Culkin talking to. I can't remember which magazine it was, Esquire, maybe, I don't know. But uh, it was just a YouTube video of him. One of the questions they asked him was, who do you think is the most evil 
character on the show. Yeah. And in his opinion, it was Connor, oh. who's the eldest sibling of the four, because he's like dangerous and unpredictable. Like he essentially buys his wife, knows she's miserable, but he won't really let her go. And uh, so now she's decided to just stick around because money. Yep. And and he's coach. And he's just, as I mentioned, totally delusional. Like he runs for president. And the fact that he hangs on till the bitter end, he's got (laughs) 1% in the polls leading up to the vote, but he hangs on. He's just, but it's also a symbol of he, all of their, they're all bound by the fact that their upbringing was so bereft of emotions and love from both of their parents. And to Connor, it's affected him so badly to the point where he's kind of bereft, I think, a little bit of, of like being able to see the world through reality. He's 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 checked into his own little fantasy to help him deal with his pain and and trauma and that's where he stays. For sure. But uh, overall what a, what a show. And I've, I've got a couple more thoughts uh, about it in comparison to another finale we're going to get to soon. But uh, still with HBO, another one of your favorites, Barry. Yeah, Barry went off. Um, you know, To talk specifics about Barry is to spoil it. But uh, it was always it did manage to surprise with an ending that was, you know, both unexpected but also made a lot of sense. There was a very dark twist of storytelling involving Henry Winkler's character. Uh, it's a very violent show, and there were two scenes of violence that were kind of remarkable in the finale, as, you know, many were throughout the show's four seasons. One specific, Barry returns to this big box store from the week earlier's episode, to buy more guns, and it was a very funny but also very chilling take on America's gun laws and culture as he basically walks through the toy department of a Walmart with two AKs strapped to his back and no one even bats an eyelash at him. Uh, And the final lampooning of Hollywood was spot on. Very funny, but given the fate of some of the characters, also tragic. Again, the show smartly blending comedy and tragedy. It's what they did for four seasons, and it was masterful. Curious to see what Bill Hader does next, because that guy really likes directing, and I can see him pivoting to being mostly behind the camera from now on. We'll see Henry Winkler, uh, 77 years old, such a magnificent career he's had. Always happy to see that guy pop up just because, you know, he was such a force and as Fonzie in Happy Days. Uh, for a lot of people, they'd be forever typecast. And I guess once enough time goes by and the way modern Hollywood operates, it wasn't really a bad barrier for him. But, you know, he's always fantastic. And I just like how often he pops up and stuff I'm watching over the last 20, 25 years. And the other uh, big finale for me this past week, of course, was The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It was a great finale. It wrapped up a lot of stuff, including some of the future stuff that was displayed uh, here and there throughout the season. It also resolved the season's big arc regarding Midge Maisel's uh, stand-up comedy career aspirations in a very satisfying way. No real curveballs, just another solid episode, a solid finale, and uh, another show I am very much going to miss. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. How many seasons was that on that Prime? Was, that was five. Five seasons. Okay. So. Lots of awards racked up uh, through its run as well. And the final of the big four finales we had over the last week, and I promise no spoilers for this, from Apple TV Plus, Ted Lasso. Thank you, fellas. That was perfect. So to hear that, it's a simple scene. You don't, you don't really know what's going on there, but in it's a moment of sheer joy on screen that, for me, sums up the show, Joy, and as far as perfect goes, was the third and final season perfect? No. It had its hiccups, its bumps in the road, some storylines... Uh, felt a little unresolved or undercooked by the end, but 
Its finale was about as perfect as it gets. It had me in tears for half of it. It was funny. It was thrilling. It was dramatic. It was poignant. And indeed, it was joyous. Now, the series as we know it is over. To recap, Ted Lasso stars Jason Sudeikis as an American football coach who is recruited to coach an English soccer team, AFC Richmond. It's a preposterous scenario that originally was part of a marketing campaign for NBC Sports and the soccer coverage that they had. They revisited the character a couple of years later in a short, fil- short film and then finally made it into a TV show. And the show is brilliant. It's unabashedly positive. It's optimistic. It's upbeat. It believes in people. And that's the key word. It's the key theme of the show. Believe. Believe in yourself. Believe in others. Believe in your team. And this little show made me, and most everyone who watched it, believe that this nice, well-mannered American football coach from Kansas could not only handle himself in English soccer, but thrive. So the show, it still hasn't been officially confirmed by Apple TV Plus as of Thursday afternoon as we record this show. But Jason Sudeikis has already gone on record saying, look, uh, the story we wanted to tell was three seasons, and by all indications, he's out, but... The door is left open for a potential spinoff or perhaps multiple spinoffs. I don't know. It's Apple TV Plus's biggest show, so I'm sure they're going to want to try to milk this for more. And who knows? Maybe they convince Sudeikis to come back for a fourth season. But the fact... So I didn't watch Barry or Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but I loved Succession and I loved Ted Lasso. And the fact that these two shows came to an end in the same week is just weird. Because on one hand, you have this bleak show about disgusting, deplorable, despicable, like some of the worst people on planet on planet Earth. Everyone in that whole cast of Succession is awful. They're just awful people. And it's a, tra- it's a real tragedy. The series ends in not a happy way for anybody, really. And that make you wonder, why would you watch something so <laughs> so awful? I don't know. It, it, that's the, the genius of the show, as Jeff pointed out, that you're able to have empathy for some of these filthy characters. But And it was just brilliant. The, the, the cinematography, the, the dialogue, the improvisation that was in some of the scenes, the acting, all of it was excellent. And Brian Cox swearing is a work of art. And then on the Ted Lasso front, you've got this show that's so positive and optimistic and goes out of its way to make you feel good. Just an interesting comparison, and uh, I have no doubt. I can't comment on Barry or Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I'm sure they will also go down with renown, but definitely Succession and Ted Lasso will be remembered uh, for years to come, certainly by me. And I look forward to rewatching Ted Lasso because I think it's about time because I do have a sudden hole. I'm going to miss my buddy Ted Lasso. Up next, Jeff Braun. He's got a new buddy in Arnold Schwarzenegger on Netflix. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. And he always said he'd be back. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is indeed back on Netflix with a new show called FUBAR. You came alone. What was the plan? To kill all of you and then to leave. And now, with all our guns out, I'll manage. You're the fastest 65-year-old white guy on the planet. I guess I'm done. You are officially retired. How are you going to spend your golden years, huh? 
We're gonna lose an operative. Codename's Panda. I'm retired. You zip in, extract Panda, grab the WMD, zip on out. Daughter's in the CIA. What the f in Language. this Dollar in the swear jar. I know where the WMD's towards, so follow me or get out of my way. There are eight episodes of FUBAR out on Netflix now. I've seen the first three. Arnie plays Luke Bruner, a CIA operative who's on the brink of retirement. Arnold Schwarzenegger is 75 years old, by the way. When he gets pulled in for one last job, only to realize that his 28-year-old daughter, played by Monica Barbero, is also a CIA operative. It's actually news to both of them that the other is in the CIA. And then, of course, they're forced to work a case together. She's also mad at him for ruining their family. He and his wife split up 10 to 15 years ago because the CIA schedule does not work well for personal relationships. The wife uh, named Tally is played by Fabiana Udenio, who notably played, and I'm going to say this slowly, Alata Fagina in the first Austin <laughs> Powers movie. <laughs> If you remember that, uh, the daughter has a boyfriend as well, a wimpy nerd who, you know, the opposite of Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's played by Jay Baruchel, who's having a great month because his movie Blackberry is still in theaters right now. The CIA family also includes Milan Carter as Barry. He's Arnie's tech guy, kind of like Tom Arnold was in True Lies. He's running all the equipment, dropping all the exposition and cracking one-liners left and right. But wait, there's more. Both Travis Van Winkle and Fortune Feimster are CIAers as well, and both are also common. Comic relief. They play characters named Alden and Rue, uh, and they're just launching nonstop zingers. And of course, Arnold is launching zingers too in the way that only he can, which is badly. I, uh, that was my first impression. I was going in with this nostalgia vibe, ooh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and getting it in an unexpected way, which was just more proof that he's not a great actor, at least not when it comes to line readings, which is a big part of acting, of course. Fortunately, I've seen enough of him to kind of be used to it, and if you like Schwarzenegger, it's very easy enough to uh, to listen to his, some of his bad line readings. I would think if this is the very first time you've ever seen Arnold Schwarzenegger, you might wonder how he became a huge acting star. Um, and there also might be a lot of homages to old Arnie movies in the show, or it might just be that the nature of an action spy show brings up a lot of the same things that were in other Arnie movies. Like, people love to throw the Predator quote, get to the chopper around, and in this show he says chopper a few times, so is that an homage or is that just a coincidence? His daughter says, come with me to him, and I said out loud, if you want to live, but she didn't say that part, and, but I don't think they put a line like, come with me, spoken to Arnie uh, in there without realizing how a lot of people are going to take it. There are a whole bunch of moments like that, uh, like when all he does is talk about how he, 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 just one part, yeah, he talks about how he uh, held a guy over the edge of a cliff and dropped him, which he literally does in the movie Commando, famously, remember Sully when I told you I'd kill you last, I lied, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's, uh, there are minor things I know, but I thought they were interesting. Uh, now, the thing about those old movies was that for whatever, you know, he lacked and delivering lines he more than made up for in the action scenes and like I said now he's 75 he's still big and muscly but I kind of found it uh, distractingly obvious in the action scenes when it would switch from him to a stunt guy uh, weirdly though some of his movies are also like that I've rewatched some the last few years and was kind of shocked by scenes in Terminator 2 and True Lies where it was very very obvious that it wasn't Schwarzenegger doing some of the stunts uh, I wasn't shocked that he wasn't doing them just at how sloppy James Cameron was at trying to hide it they're actually better at hiding it in this show but you just know it's not him really because 
because of his advanced age. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, though, was more convincing in that superhero movie last year that stuff was him, but he also had a lot of CGI help. Regardless, the action scene still pretty exciting in FUBAR. It's not really that big of a deal because, you know, they don't take up a whole lot of real estate either. It's still a TV budget, so it's not like, you know, the T2 scenes of the, of, of the crazy action. Mostly there's plot stuff with the CIA and family stuff with the daughter. It's kind of like Alias in that regard, although that did rely much more on the action, but that was also a father-daughter action spy show. FUBAR, not as good as Alias was, but it does have its moments, and it has the nostalgia for Arnold factor, both good and bad, and I think it's kind of worth it. Uh, it's not a great show, but I'm through three, and there's only five more to go, so I think I'll watch all the way through. Okay, I might take a look at that, and actually, I kind of go, want to go back and watch that Sylvester Stallone superhero movie, Samaritan, on Prime right. Video. Not, not a not a great movie, nothing fancy to it, but sometimes. All you want is just a simple little movie with Sylvester Stallone. Up next, we're going to talk some spies and the previously mentioned silly show, one of the silliest shows on TV that's making a return for its third season. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and one of our favorite shows is back later this month for its fourth and final season. It's called Jack Ryan. Two days ago, a strike team assassinated President Udo. And yet, you cannot prove that we weren't involved. Doesn't that concern you? No, sir. It terrifies me. You need to manage this, Jack. Yes, sir. What are you going to tell him? This corruption goes way higher than the CIA. Hey, buddy. Say welcome. I figured we could use the help. Wish me luck. Good luck. So what are we getting at? Convergence. The fusing of a drug cartel with a terrorist organization. They can move anything. Humans. Weapons, suicide bombers, unlimited resources paired with undying hatred. Not on my watch. John Krasinski stars as the titular Jack Ryan in the Prime Video series based on the Tom Clancy novel series, of which there have, of course, been a series of movies, most notably the Harrison Ford movies Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger. Ryan is a CIA analyst who used to be a Marine and therefore is as comfortable shooting at the bad guys as he is with all the political intrigue, which makes for a fun show. I mean, there have been a lot of shows sort of in this ballpark this year already, and with that Schwarzenegger one goes into the same category in a way. Other shows like The Night Agent and The Diplomat on Netflix, but uh, I, th- I think Jack Ryan is the best of these. It co-stars Wendell Pierce, who played Bunk in The Wire, Betty Gabriel from the movie Get Out, and Michael Kelly, who is a Hall of Fame, that guy, if you Google Michael Kelly image, you'll recognize him for sure. In this fourth season, we're also going to get some Michael Pena, who appears to be another CIA agent in the trailer, and uh, adding Michael Pena to your movie or TV show is always a good idea, so that's a good thing. Now, while this is the fourth year, and the final season to boot, it's also the second season to be released this year. Season three came out in January, and now we're getting another season at the end of June, and that's wild. I knew they shoot, shot them back-to-back. I think we all assumed they'd wait a year or so uh, in between releasing the se- season, so I'm all for this. It's a nice change of pace from so many shows waiting 18 months or two years between seasons. You can't remember anything that happened before when you go to watch the new one. This will still be kind of fresh, although I still can't really remember what happened in season three. <laughs> I might have to rewatch at least the last episode again in case it's somehow connected. I'm also all for shows stopping after four seasons. Uh, Seems short, but keeps things from getting repetitive. Not sure that would have been a problem with this, the repetition, but better to go out on a high note than to overstay your welcome. Looking forward to it. Season four of Jack Ryan on Prime Video, June 30th. 
Jack is out there risking his life. I always wanted to be a federale. So the CIA was second? Fourth. Jack, where the hell are you? Sure you want to know? What'd he say? He hung up on me. Typical. Meantime, a top five all-time cop show for me is resurrected in July. Timothy Oliphant is back as U.S. Marshal Raylan Givens in Justified City Primeval. Now just listen to me. I'm Deputy U.S. Marshal Raylan Givens and I'm offering salvation. Talk to me. Come on, face to face. I am not opening this door. Then, as they say in the Bible, you're screwed. Remember Marshal, welcome to Detroit. Detective, meet Raylan Givens. What's up, Slim? This ought to be good. Got a task force with the Detroit PD. You've been special requested. I promised my kid we got a whole road trip planned back to Miami. Wasn't a question. This guy left a trailer from Oklahoma to Detroit. He ain't got cash, we got ourselves a problem. Any information on this dude could help us. Clement Menzel is my client. He's a killer, and he enjoys it. You do your job, and I'll do mine. Justified was a terrific show running six seasons from 2010 to 2015 following the adventures of Marshall Givens as he was reassigned from Miami to the rural area of Kentucky in which he grew up. So he had all these run-ins with old friends, enemies, and family from back in the day. And it was terrific fun. A lot of, you know, kind of crackling dialogue as the show was inspired by the stories of author Elmore Leonard, who writes very fun crime stories with uh, a lot of dumb criminals kind of stuff, but very funny as well. And it's just uh, great. Great stuff out of Elmer Leonard, so good thing to base a show on. Now it's eight years later, and Givens is back, but he's sent to Detroit for whatever this case is. And I think it's good to have this be a whole separate adventure, like just like it was good with that Dexter reboot a couple years ago to plop him in a different location with a whole bunch of different people. Unfortunately, it does, you know, same as it did there. It means we won't get any of the supporting cast back. They're all still in Kentucky, apparently, although I imagine there might be a couple of cameos here and there. I've been rewatching the original Justified, but very slowly this new season starts in six weeks so i'm gonna have to pick up my pace justified city primeval debuting on fx july 18th you want to play let's play you want a shooting match let's go So those are a couple of my favorite shows, our favorite shows coming back in a few weeks from now. But one of my favorite comedies uh, just returned this past week. It's called I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson, season three on Netflix. And if you have less than two hours but want to watch a whole season of something and you like very weird comedy, it is the show for you. It's a sketch comedy show, uh, single camera without an audience like the Key and Peele series was. Robinson was a Saturday Night Live writer and originally 
I think you should leave was made up of sketches that were rejected by Saturday Night Live. So he got Netflix to give him a few dollars to put them out there. They were rejected for being too weird for Saturday Night Live. So there are only six seasons each episode. They're all 15 or 17 minutes long. So you can tear through all of this in no time at all. And uh, I think it's side-splittingly funny. It's also kind of insane and very out there. Have you been the victim of unfair treatment by a business or a corporation? Has this ever happened to you? You bought a house that was not disclosed to you that there was a termite infestation in the walls and in the moldings? So you have to take it upon yourself to call your own termite extermination company. But when the guys show up, they immediately ask if they can use your bathroom. Then for over two hours, they take turns going in and out of there, taking huge mud pies and over flushing. Then they go in there together and hear a bunch of scrounging around and then you hear a bunch of yelling and one of them is standing in the bathroom doorway shouting at you and his friend's foot stuck in the toilet and he says help him you gotta help him and when you go in there to help him he just pulls it out easily and laughs because his foot wasn't stuck it wasn't stuck at all he was just faking it has that ever happened to you? What the heck? <laughs> that was a, a fake commercial for a law office. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, a lot of the sketches involve an unlikable character committing a, a very minor social gaffe or calling out a perceived slight and taking it far too far beyond funny to just plain crazy. Uh, it's kind of the work of a demented genius. All three seasons available right now on Netflix. And if you're looking for something fun and weird, watch I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. And up next, we are going to tell you what's new at the movies this weekend. And we need to put, I got to give you my final thoughts on a show that Jeff started to watch. And then I started to watch. He gave up on it, but I saw it through. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes. I want to tell you about a show that wrapped up this past week that I rather enjoyed on Prime. We were talking about spies in our previous segment. Jack Ryan, also a Prime product. This is another spy show, so we'll get into that in just a few minutes. But first, got to tell you what's new at the movies this weekend, starting with a sequel to the 2018 Oscar winner for Best Animated Feature, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which saw the newer Spider-Man, Miles Morales, team up with five other Spider-People from different dimensions to take out a threat that could wipe them all out. The animation was spectacular. The movie was super fun. It maybe had the best version of Peter Parker we've seen on screen, as voiced by Chris Pine. And now we've got a sequel. Everyone keeps telling me how my story is supposed to go. Nah, I'm gonna do my own thing. All stations, stop Spider-Man. You? And then I looked at my uncle and... Uh, let me guess. He died? <laughs> So, Miles once again has to team up with a bunch of spider people, a whole bunch this time, from different dimensions to stop a threat of unlimited power. It looks terrific. Again, that's out this weekend. And the, the cool thing about this, or one of the good things about this, is that it is not tied to the MCU. It's not part of the long-standing narrative. It's just a Spider-Man story living in its own little world. So, yeah, while it might sound like multiverse stuff... Because they're going to 
the Spider-Verse. It's not. It's not linked to the MCU. It's just a standalone. So you can watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That's available on a number of streaming platforms. Probably should have had that handy, but instead I'm just going to rag the puck while I look that up here on the app, which, by the way, handy app. It's called Just Watch. They are not sponsors of this in any way. We just like the app. I remember when Jeff first told me about it, and I thought, are you kidding? This is... Uh, really amazing. It's super handy. It's not always accurate, but it will help you find where you can watch stuff. And just as, for example, this tells me Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is on Netflix, which I think I knew, but I didn't want to goof that up. So again, watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse on Netflix and then go see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse on the big screen. Also on the big screen this week, it's a horror story about a character we all know. There's something in my room. Everyone knows the fear. Monster check complete. Sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's him. The Boogeyman. From the mind of Stephen King. I think it's been around forever. And producers of Stranger Things. Dad, you have to listen to me. Sweetheart, let me... The Boogeyman. Rated PG-13. Only in theaters June 2nd. Based on a short story by Stephen King from his 1978 collection, Night Shift, the synopsis reads, High school student Sadie Harper and her younger sister Sawyer are reeling from the recent death of their mother and aren't getting much support from their father, Will, a therapist who is dealing with his own pain. When a desperate patient unexpectedly shows up at their home seeking help, he leaves behind a terrifying supernatural entity that preys on families and feeds on the suffering of its victims. Now, this movie is getting okay reviews. Looking at Rotten Tomatoes as of Thursday afternoon, The Boogeyman is at 64%. And the summary says, The Boogeyman might fall short of its terrifying source material, but a spooky atmosphere and some solid performances help keep the chills coming. And just to mention Spider-Man, Across the Spider-Verse, the first one was very highly praised by critics and was a, critic, a commercial success as well. And the synopsis there, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, just as visually dazzling and action-packed as its predecessor, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse thrills from start to cliffhanger conclusion. So that's what's new at the movies. And if you're looking for a fun popcorn spy show to watch that's not super involved, maybe check out on Prime Video, Citadel. Tell me you've never felt like you should be somewhere else. Doing something else. Tell me you've never seen my face before. I was in a train. There was an explosion. And I couldn't remember anything except you. You were a spy like me. If you touch me, I'm going to scream. Catch. Did you just throw a knife at me? I thought you were going to catch it. He thought her reflexes would kick in, but they didn't quite. But eventually they do. Citadel, so first I want to tell you about how ambitious this project is. $300 million US for the first season, which was 
Only six episodes, so that makes it one of the most expensive television shows ever. And it has been renewed for a second season. First season debuted just back on April 28th. And it's going to actually have, like, this is a global ambition because it's going to have spin-off shows in different languages set in the Italian Alps, India, Spain, and Mexico. And it looks like the Italian series titled Citadel Diana is set to be released in 2024. So this one stars Richard Madden, formerly Rob Stark, the young wolf from Game of Thrones, and Priyanka Chopra Jonas. They're the two main stars. Stanley Tucci serves as a big part of the supporting cast. And yeah, they they were spies in this organization called Citadel, which is like sort of the the highest of the high, like the highest ranking, biggest bad spies on the planet. But something goes wrong with their organization and something happens to these spies where their memories are wiped and they're trying to get their memories back and they're trying to figure out what happened to their organization. Was there a mole? Who did what? And so there you go. That's the basic plot. And I would say it looks great. It's slick. It's stylish. It's got some cool action. Both of the main stars are Attractive. Richard Madden is a handsome dude and takes his shirt off a couple of times and he's ripped. And Priyanka Chopra, uh, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, I mean, let's face it, she's one of the most beautiful, sexy women on the planet. So, And this show leans into that with both of them. So that kind of felt like something a little old school. You don't quite see that uh, as often as you used to. But I just, you know, and it had some cool twists and turns. I just felt a little empty by the end. It was it was kind of hollow. You know, it was it was okay. It just wasn't great. So if you're wanting something, like I said, it's a short watch. The episodes aren't too long. They're like 45, 50 minutes. It's got some, you know, great globe trotting action and some really nifty stunts and stuff. And it has a cool story. It just it was good, not great. That's about the best I can say about Citadel. So if I was ranking the season, I guess I'd probably give it three and a half, three and a half couch cushions out of five. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to the return of Jack Ryan, which once again, as Jeff pointed out, uh, makes its return on June 30th. So that's all the time we've got this week. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Remember to subscribe to the podcast If you're listening to this on the radio, you can get the podcast a couple of days early. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.